morning. It's a bull game. Well, this is like, I realize this is a better way for me to fidget when I'm not required to take notes. Oh, I'm taking okay. notes. Well, you know, I got to take notes. If I'm recording something though, if I'm using whatever, then this is like an effective way for me to fidget and still stay engaged. Cause I have to like do something. I have to occupy my hands. Hmm. Okay. Do you, do you normally fidget with other things? I don't think I've noticed. I, so I usually, if I'm taking notes, I'm not fidgeting. If I'm not doing this, like I'm doing this under the desk, I'm like tapping my fingers yeah. or I'm like, I'm, or my foot, like I'm constantly in motion. I don't know. Like there's ants in my pants. My <laughs> favorite expression that never took off that I tried to, to create via tweet was that idle hands are the devil's playground and restless legs are the devil's moon bounce. But the devil's moon bounce part never took off. You know, I tried to append yeah. that, but nobody, nobody ran with it. Well, you know, turd storm never took off completely as well. I mean, it had a, had a moment. <laughs> and that had, that had real investment in it. That had like, so that had a real push behind it. You know, there was, there was marketing swag and there was, yeah, there was a whole lot of, of collateral yeah. that went into that. I forgot. I, I yeah. still have that shirt. That's like, oh, of all the, yeah. like, oh yeah. I mean, that's like, that's, you know. <laughs> so, so for people, like, so for yeah, people who are listening, we should probably give some you. context. Why, why don't you <laughs> tell them about the origin, and then we'll, we can go from there. Well, you you should talk about the origin because I think like this was something that you ran with. So, like I know that I said it, but I think like it, it, yeah, it, you said the it. Desire to kind of put think, the pedals of the metal came from you, right? So you may have um, re referenced some type of <laughs> horrible event as a turd storm. <laughs> <laughs> or like the perfect storm equivalent. Right. And it kind of stuck with me. And <laughs> at one particular owner camp event, I think it was like an owner summit, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I may have arrived with t-shirts with the word, it was like hashtag yeah. third storm. That, that was the back in the day when we used to hashtag everything. That's right. Um, and one of the slides that I was presenting mentioned the story which i think is such a i mean this is like a one, one of those like leadership lessons that all leaders need to learn and mm. that was i had been trying to communicate to my team that there were going to be some changes ahead and mm. and i thought that by being ridiculously transparent and telling them all about like you know the market forces and what was going on internally mm. that they would really have a lot more clarity about what was right. going on right. and they would be able to grok the, the significance or the gravity right. of the situation. And really what was happening is similar to what's happening in the market right now. There was a, there was a consolidation in the industry. Mm. There was a slowing uh, of, of design agency need. Mm -hmm. A lot of companies were internalizing mm -hmm. their design uh, team or the teams that they had relied on were now being yeah. recruited internally. And we were feeling the pressure of that. We were feeling that, you know, things were changing and, but we knew we had a plan. And so what right. I did is I presented to the team that there was this, you know, the, the curve had been going up and to the right as it should have. <laughs> and at some point, if we didn't make some significant changes, it was right. going to then plateau and then slowly start curving in the wrong direction. Right. But if, and, to be fair, in your mind's eye, you're unpacking all of this. You're arming them with all this information. You're providing all this context so that mm -hmm. the the solution that you're going to propose 
is comforting and grounded in like all of this like thoughtfulness. So you're you're like providing all of this information so that they have the full story and can arrive at a mature and and informed reaction to it. Yes. So I'm sure that's what happened. No, that's not what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I went I went on this you know like twenty or thirty minute explanation yeah, yeah. of what was going to happen to the market and how we were yeah. going to respond and what we were going to do. But the 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 my failure was the single slide where I had <laughs> I had the past, which was up and to the right, right. and then the future dot dot dot, <laughs> and ultimately ending in what I, we referred to as a turd storm. It was like right, this right. fiery ball of death, right? It was just like <laughs> if if nothing else changes, we're we're all right. gonna die. Right. And, and what everybody heard was blah 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 <laughs> blah blah blah. We're all gonna die. Right. There's a turd storm coming, and we're, we're there's no way. Yeah. In God's help, green yeah. earth, we are right. gonna manage to navigate yeah. this. This is and the lesson I learned from that. <laughs> this is, this yeah. is so sad. The lesson I heard was, yes, there is a potential, you know, turd storm in right. in any scenario. That's not what people want to hear. They want to hear the solution. They want to hear. Yeah. How are we going to get to this promised land yeah. that's up and to the right? Yeah. And, and and what should the steps be like in order to get yeah. there? Not yeah. worst case scenario, this is right. death. Oh, by the way, we may not actually die. There right, is right. A chance. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's I, I I can identify with that tremendously. I feel like, you know, in my limited time when I was president of Happy Cog for like a year and a half, there were several times where I, you know, tried to pull back the curtain a little bit, you know, provide reassuring background and context and, and insight into why a decision was being made. And time and time again, like it was just, it was too much information. It was, it was too much context. It was too much, too much, too much, too much, too much. And in the ocean of all of that, you know, kind of talking, mm -hmm. the only parts that people really grabbed onto were the like really like scary or or oddball kind of comments that were made rather than the the narrative i thought i was like you know yeah. designing in the way i was unpacking all of this yeah. like and I, I, can, I think it's because we're salespeople because that mm, you're really honest with yourself mm, about how sales happens there is a very definite hurt and rescue scenario Right. You want to explain what the pain is. You want to explain mm. what the the trends are. You want to explain where yep. the problems or the potential yep. pitfalls might be, so that you can explain where the risk is. Yeah. And then you come along with a solution and you say, "Yeah, yeah here's yeah. my product or service yeah. that will rescue you from this this yep. horrible situation." Yeah. And that is how we as salespeople show up in the world. So, yeah. so when we're in a leadership position. We may just default to what feels quite normal, and that's like, yep. well, that's we're going to explain all the hurts, and then we're going to explain all the rescue, right? And and unfortunately, it's not sales. I mean, right. it is sales. You know, that no, no, you're no, moving, but, you're right. you're but it's right. a different story. The story right. is, in order for us to sustain this thing, yeah, we need to do these things. But yeah. what we don't want to do is go too deep into the worst case scenario because these are this is people's mortgage that you're talking yeah. about. 
Yeah. Right. And, and yes, hundred percent. And I think I, so. It, it's you're exactly right. There is like, I find myself, I need to like kind of check myself often. Not everything needs to be the hero's journey. Like, right. and there's a, you know, like sometimes it's just like just give them the news. Like, shut the hell up. Like, there is a. I'm very aware that your my spidey senses are very attuned to the over elaboration of a bad liar. Like if I'm getting too much information, if I'm getting like sold too much, like I, I pick up on that. I'm like, uh, like this, this like person, your kid do something bad. And they're like, totally. So, and then it's like a yeah. 20 yeah. minutes. Exactly. Story, like, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Tell me what happened. Like, like, you know, the backyard. Yeah. I know the backyard. Like, like stop. Like, what are you, what are you, what are you trying to not tell me? Yeah. 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 But that's like, and I think, so I, I know that I am very, very inclined to like drag a story out or provide too much context or, you know, I'm trying to find little opportunities to create funny metaphors rather than get the point. Across. Like that's my instinct. My communication style is that. So yeah. I didn't, you know, I would, I would never be glib about it when I would try to communicate something to the team, but I would still have the same kind of communication patterns and it would still be this hero's yeah. journey. Like, you, you know, do all that, but you can't bury the lead. And I think that's yeah, yeah, what exactly. I, I think that what sales teaches you yep. is there's there's like this Easter egg at the yes. end of the story that's yeah. going to be revealed, yeah. like this right. treasure box. Like right. we're going to go through the hero's journey, yeah, and then we're going to open up the box at the end, and we're going to see what the treasure is. But when you're talking to employees or your spouse or your children, don't bury the lead, right? Yep. Like you don't want to start a conversation with your spouse saying. Uh, can we have a serious conversation? No, totally, totally. Yeah, hundred percent. Because then you're divorced before you even right, told them that really what you wanted yeah. to talk about is the yeah the surprise birthday trip that you had planned. Right, 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 right. Yeah, but it's yes. This is like you're you're, and I think that's the part that like, and I, in my case, I think part of why I struggled with this was I was new to leading a design company. Like I was new to this kind of leadership role, so I felt like I had to show my work. Like I had to show, here's all the long division I did, we did, people did. Or like, like I just want to like let you know that there's like a substantiation to this that I think you need to hear. To val but they didn't really need to hear it. They frankly wanted to get back to work, and you know, well, there might be a there might be a handful of people that do need to hear it. But yeah, again, it probably doesn't need to be the whole story. Yeah, right up front, you could start with, look, this is the, the headline. Yeah. This is this is what we need to talk about right now. This is yep. the beginning and the end. Yeah. But for those of you who need details, there's a handout at the end or talk to me right. afterwards. Or That's exactly right. That's exactly like right. That. That's exactly right. It, it, the, the structure should have, instead of it being like problem, solution, the structure should have been solution, appendix if you want it. Like yeah. solution and then here's all the director's cut details, you know, appendices or whatever like if you're into that like the meeting can be five minutes or the meeting can be 45 minutes like the five minute meeting is here's what we're gonna do anybody wants to stick around for the next 40 i'm happy to explain all the stuff that went into it but the, like the headlines are the first five minutes this is what we're gonna do you know and linger if you want more if you want me to show you the work you know you want to show yeah. like my my scratch board with my math on it and and one of the things that that's kind of embedded in that which is not <laughs> obvious for a lot of people but we want our leaders to be confident. Yeah. Even if it's not exactly clear what all the details are. Totally. We still want to feel 
totally that confidence. We want to feel that this decision has been made totally. and we're going to do this totally. way better than look for 45 minutes. I'm going to talk through all these data points and these yep. details. Yep. And then I'm going to come to a conclusion at the end. It doesn't feel very confident. In, like there's no brave heart in that, right? There's no like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. We, we, here's where we're going. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to be at the front here so that, you know, I can yep. take the first arrow. I've got, you, you know, I'm, yep. I'm here with you. Yep. That, you know, can you imagine Braveheart starting that whole scene <laughs> right. with a whiteboard, <laughs> PowerPoint? Listen, I'm going to need two hours yeah. of your time. Yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, yeah. you know, the yeah. English need to have their yeah. heads smashed in. Everybody knows who the English are, right? Let's talk about, let's, let's unpack this. Let's, let's, yeah, 100%. There, there, that is the, all right, so I have to tell one quick story. <laughs> this is, so... You know, in my in in my, in my happy cog days, we would we had like some third rail kinds of clients we wouldn't work with. We had some, you know, we had some defined boundaries around things we wouldn't touch. We got contacted by Breitbart one time and told them to go take a long walk off a short pier. Sometimes though, we knew what the answer was. We weren't one hundred percent sure, and we would kind of like just discuss it among the team. The thought was like, well, we're not like we're pretty sure how we're going to land on this, but. We want to have a dialogue around it so that people feel like included and we have an open forum and blah, 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 blah. And one time we had a lead that came in for like a safari company, like a luxury safari trip company in Africa. And it was a hunting safari. So like this was not a photo safari. This was like, you know, there was a hunting safari company. I'm like, you know, we're pretty sure like this isn't our bag, but like, I think it's interesting to like have this conversation with the team. Let them know like how we're thinking about this. Let them feel heard. And because we had like team members that were hunters. We had people that like grew up, you know, kind of in the country and hunting was a part of their life. And we had people that were like vehemently opposed to it and would have like quit on the spot and just wanted to make sure that like the 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 thought was we want everybody to know that everything's being considered and this is how we arrive at this decision. Mm. We had a spirited conversation about it we you know wound up exactly where we thought we were going to wind up and afterwards in my in my review later that year in my like 360 you know like annual review the one ding i got was from that meeting where it was like it scared me that we even asked those questions it scared me that we even like were were, were we really considering that like were we even like 10 percent like and it scared me that we didn't have like a like I thought we were being inclusive and instead it came across as like unconfident or unsure yeah. or probing or, or yeah. flexible. And like for a couple of people, it was like more than one person, I think like two or three people all like brought that up as like, that scared me that that was something that we yeah. were really considering. And, and, and I was like, that was never my intent, but I can't control how it's received, you know? Yeah. And I think that's kind of justified in a way, you know, I think right now we're also living in an age where it's, it's really, really, difficult to know what's going to please everybody, right? There's just, yeah. everybody's got an opinion about everything. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, you know, the meter goes up pretty high sometimes. Yeah, yes. However, I do believe that if you have, if you're going to, if you're going to take the trouble to create a company, then you also need to take the trouble to create a set of values and principles and yeah. use those in everything you do. Yeah. So A, you're hiring people using those values and principles. Right. And so if you say, we don't give a shit about 
you know, animals or whatever the case, like whatever your particular value right, is, right, right. then you've already hired people that fit that category. So then yeah. when you do have those conversations, yeah. it's less of a head scratcher and yeah. it's much more, oh, well, that's in line with what we do. Yeah. The second thing about those values and principles is they've just become a decision stack. So that when you do get a client or an opportunity or yeah, exactly. a situation, you don't really need to think about it. You no, it's a mathematical say, well, decision almost. It's right. just like it just yeah. it's there, and you can just Checklist. kind of pull through there. It's yep. kind of like pouring a filter coffee, and and you just get yeah, the right yeah. stuff in the right time. Yeah. And then the final thing is, it also becomes really clear how to then situate yourself when it when bad things happen, and yeah. say, well, you know, this situation happened. This person didn't do what they said they were going to do, or this performance yeah. wasn't where we needed to be. Well, how do we know that? Well, we know that because we've already decided that stuff. We've already decided that. Yeah. That's something that we really care about. Yeah. Um, my friend, Alex Schutman, who who's the CEO of a, a, a banking platform company that's doing you know several hundred million dollars a year, mm. he's got this really like clear thing, which I think he borrowed from like a port, like one of the, you know, Porter or one of those like big thinkers. Mm. And the idea is do the right thing and then do it right. Mm. So do the right thing is filter through the values. Here are our values. This is what we believe in. So that's the right thing for them, not the right thing for all humanity, mm. but what's the right thing for that particular business in this particular sector or market with that particular pro product, right? Those are the right things for them. Mm. And so they've already filtered who's on the team, how they make decisions, yep. what kind of products they're going to build, all that kind of stuff through that lens. Yep. And then they ask, do it right. So then this, the principles go to, well, how do we do things? What is, that the, what is it that we've agreed to do yeah. as a team? Yeah. And again, I had this conversation with, um, <clears throat> uh, with, with Dries uh, Betart. He's the guy that created um, Drupal. And and Acquia. Okay. So you know, I think only second to WordPress maybe is the biggest CMS in the world. Yep. Certainly the biggest like enterprise CMS in the world. Mm. And they've got you know I think like ten percent of all websites in the world sit on their mm. platform. Mm. And and he talks about this as well. He's like, you know, if you've if if you've decided that you have a set of principles. Then you need to be really public about it. You need to like publish that stuff yeah. and say, "Here's how we hire. Here's how we make decisions." Here, because if you've got any disagreement about that, that's when cracks start to form, right? That's when yeah. people start saying, "Well, why are we even talking about this? Why is this a meeting? Why is this even a decision? Why would we hire that person, for example? Um, well, why are we going to do this work when yep. it's clearly not what we need to do?" Yep. Yep. I I, I think that's. The struggle we always had, yeah, I agree entirely. I think that like part of when those things are clearly defined, it allows things to be unsaid. It allows things to be under discussed. It allows things to be more of a natural shared conclusion that people arrive at. And I think that, you know, part of the challenge is deciding what hills you're going to die on. Because, you know, I also think that like your principles are only your principles if you stick to them when it's hard. Like if you, you know, if you abandon them when your back's against the wall, then those aren't your principles. Like you yeah. kind of like your principles have to be the kind of thing that you're willing to close your doors about because yep. this is how you, this is how strongly you feel about something. Yeah. And I think that there's, you know, I, I don't, I think that a lot of people 
like wake up to running a company rather than set out to run a company. And when they like right. arrive at running a company organically, and then they realize I'm the CEO of a company or I'm the oh, president yeah. of a company, like they, they, leadership. Yeah. yeah, they haven't like put those building blocks in place. And then it's, you know, I, I, I dealt with this directly and I've dealt with this with my consulting people that are just reluctant to kind of, you know, pigeonhole themselves or, or are identify what they believe in, or, you know, it's just fear that limits them from doing that. But yeah. And, and the way, to, the way to kind of practice this, like if you're going to go and throw balls around and you want to practice your throwing arm yeah. when it comes to principles and values is to create those things for yourself. Like what, yeah. what are the values and principles that you and your family live by? Right. So I had this conversation with my, my seven year old last night. Mm. He gets into it with some kid on X on an Xbox chat. Mm. You know, it's just a, the inevitable like name calling. Yeah, yeah. Calling like, that happens like, online. It goes nuclear. Yeah. 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 Um, and these, you know, who knows where these kids are, who they are, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But it kind of it escalated pretty quickly. And yeah. I, I, I have the the Xbox app on my phone, so I can mm. see the chats. Mm. And I, I immediately walked into his room, and I was like, "Turn the Xbox off. Let's talk about this." Yeah. And so immediately I'm able to say to him, what are the three things that we as Banfields, as a Banfield mm. family, live by? Mm. And he's like, well, kindness, respect, and love. I was like, mm. do you feel like what just happened measured up to any of those things? Right. She's like, no. Right. I'm like, okay, so this is a really easy conversation. So right. you agree with the principles right. that, that we live by as a family right. that there should be no Xbox. You know, because we've already discussed like what will happen if those right, right. things are not met yeah. or that we don't live up to them or that we're not, you know, behaving in such a way. And and immediately he's able to say, like, yeah. And then he then I don't have to say like, oh, my opinion right. is different from your opinion. Like yeah. you think that was a situation that went well. I think yeah. it's a situation that didn't go well. Right. And now we're in a conversation that's not gonna go well because yeah. we're just at odds with each other. But when I can kind of outsource the decision to the principles or to the values, I can just say, that's, that's what it means to be a member of this family. Right. That's what it means to be a Banfield. Yeah. You, you're a Banfield, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well then this is how we, this is how yeah. we operate. Right. Yeah. So those are, that's how you can use these things in your day to day life. Yeah. And I, again, they're not perfect, but you'll find that if you do that with your personal life, then you can apply it to work stuff mm -hmm. really easy. Like if you're going to interview for a position, for example, and you want to know whether that organization is going to be a good fit for you, just ask them, what are the values and principles that this company lives by? Yeah. And can you show me or can you explain to me a situation where you had to make a hard choice or decision mm -hmm. using those values or principles that Ordinarily right. would have been really difficult to make, but the, you know those things help. Yep. And and if the company doesn't have them, or they've got, never had to use them, or they don't use them because they're invisible, they're on a website somewhere. They're like, oh yeah, we right. have values. And and this is the norm, unfortunately. Is that I was at a conference once and I asked twelve hundred people in the audience who was willing to stand up, and without preparation, yeah. you stand up. What are your company vision and values? Yeah. And and you're not reading it off the your right. phone or you know, you've right. got some kind of little cheat sheet in your pocket, like you just stand up, I will give you a thousand dollars. Right. And that was the that was the offer. Okay. 
so two people stood up. I was like, okay, well, that, that didn't work out the way I thought, but two people <laughs> stood up. One guy managed to recite the vision, but couldn't remember the values. And then okay. the other person realized that they'd stood up thinking they had remembered them, but once <laughs> they were actually asked to remember them, they couldn't remember them. Yeah, sir. And so my money was saved. And that's yeah. just goes to show, like, we think, okay, we've done the work, we've created this vision and these values, but yeah. we really haven't made it available to everybody yeah. in a way that's easily yeah. accessible. And unless yeah. you are able to wake somebody up at two in the morning and say, hey, what are our vision and values? Yeah, yeah 100%. So, and I think the, the, the challenge that a lot of, like, accidental leaders struggle with is there is a point like especially with like a technology company, a design agency, a dev shop, whatever, I call it like, it's like the dining room table effect. Like if your team's small enough that they can sit around a dining room table, there's six or eight people probably going to yeah. finish each other's sentences. Like there's probably a group think and a, just, yeah. there's just a, a, you know, a shared kind of understanding that's built in intimacy with fewer moving parts. And then as you, as soon as you break out of that, like six, eight, person kind of size you get to 10 you get to 12 you know that's like human dynamics and I, i'm sure there's lots of studies on this that i'm not citing that you know speak to the clicks and tribes that start to grow inside of mm. a small organization and that's when like not for nothing that's when a lot of agencies build a pm practice is when there are enough moving parts that there's two teams working on things there's you know not every it's not all hands on all things at once it's the the labor gets divided a little bit more. The team gets, you know, fractured, but it gets split up into different things. And as those breaks start to happen, that's when you need more of a consistent beating of the drum, transparency. There's a great, all right, so there's this great um, Harvard Business Review article from a while back. This is like mid 2000 teens. Um, And you probably read it at the time. It was about Big Spaceship. And it was about Big Spaceship adopting this like small team methodology Mm -hmm. where they took the company and they organized it into like three kind of parallel teams. These teams worked together exclusively. These teams had their own team names. They developed their own little team cultures. Like it was a whole like long expose, deep dive into the the thinking that went into it, the effect of it, yada, yada, yada. And Dan Maul, who's a friend of ours, was at Big Spaceship at the time. Unbeknownst to me, like this is when Dan was at Big Spaceship and we were at Happy Cog at the time. We like took this advice. We ran with it. We saw like this is this sounds really like these are issues we're struggling with. This sounds like a really interesting solution. Let's do the same thing. Let's build small teams. Let's let them name themselves. They can blah, 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 blah. Well, unbeknownst to us, this article was from like two years before. And in the two years since Big Spaceship had like, according, and Dan told me this later, Big Spaceship had like demolished this whole strategy oh, because yeah. it they was totally so, abandoned it, yeah. oh, it was totally fracturing them and creating toxicity and, and like, and, and making them operate like three small companies as opposed to one large, like it was, but we, you know, hadn't read the, they never published that part of it, never published the, like, and a year later we changed our minds and this was a horrible yeah. idea. So we ran with that, but again, it, what it did was it it like siloed these teams instead of like, you're already dealing with complexity when you're 35 people to take those 35 people and then chop them up into three or four teams of people that have kind of barriers around them. 
like, I mean, in hindsight, it feels so obvious, but like at the time yeah. there was this, you know, wanton kind of ambition to do this this way. And all those same problems, you know, popped up. There was competition among the teams. There was, you know, not really kind of a shared vision across all the teams. They, they behaved independently enough, just enough so that there was just much more increased complexity than I think what was sought to be simplicity because now instead of managing a 35 person company, you're kind of managing three eight person companies, which you're accustomed to doing. Like I know how to run an eight person company. Now I have like four of those as opposed to 35 people. But again, again, it's like, that's the, the, when the, when the tribe gets bigger and the attention gets divided, especially 1200 people, it's much harder for people to finish each other's sentences. If it's not like, Mm -hmm just like routinely routinely reinforced and reinforced and reinforced yeah um you may not know this but uh along with um ben goldman and dan cohen when i was at envision we made a movie called squads and squads was almost identical concept okay that had come out of the agile world okay um there were ver- variations in that. I think uh, Spotify had created something called Pods. Mm. There were all these versions of that, and they were they were all well intentioned. They were mm. all thoughtful, interesting approaches to allowing teams to be cross functional. Mm. Very often, even co located, so they mm. were sitting next to each other. So, in, in what I mean by that is, you would have a designer, an engineer, a developer, maybe even yeah. a marketer, all sitting within earshot of each other. Like so arms that, reach, yep. Yeah, so that you could have that yep. dynamic of finishing each other's sentences. Yep. Um, again, big paper published by, or, or blog post, or something like that, published by um, Spotify about pods, only mm. to find out later that they had also abandoned that and it hadn't really worked. And I think what, what the lesson was that we experienced in the making of the, the documentary and also just kind of understanding the, the dynamics of this is that what you're trying to do is empower teams. You're, you're mm. essentially returning authority to them. So right. where the old pyramidal model hierarchy where the leader is making the decision and then you've got these pieces of the engine working who just essentially execution executing mm-hmm. on the leader's desires that model was designed for factories that was, that was really you know old-fashioned right but it made its way and became a hangover in the modern era and so the 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 response to that was to go well we're just going to make tribes and these interdependent interdependent but autonomous teams mm-hmm and really what had happened is that the pendulum had just swung too far over to the other side. Mm. And the, the solution was somewhere in between. Mm. The solution is to have, and ironically, this, the, the solution came out of the military. Mm. Um, what had happened was there was a guy called, um, I'm trying to remember it. I'll, I'll think of his name right now. We'll have to come mm. back to that and, and kind of splice it in. But, um, there was a there was an admiral who had been put in charge of a very big cross functional group during the Iraq War, mm. and what he had noticed is you know you've got not you've got like the CIA and you've got all these other bits and pieces and you've got the Navy and the Army and the Air mm. Force and logistics and all these other folks trying to 
coordinate activities and it became very difficult to do that. So what they, they did is this hybrid thing where they provided a lot of clarity about where we're headed. In other words, that vision and value stuff that we've just been talking mm. about in a hierarchical way, like this is where that ownership exists. Mm. This is where those people who make those decisions are and they're mm. very conspicuous as leaders. They are mm. they are where the buck stops. Mm. But then below that was an opportunity to create something like these pods or these squads yep. where autonomous teams operating in a particular area, maybe they were autonomous because they needed to own a particular product or they were autonomous because they owned a particular uh, set of services, whatever it was, depending on the kind of company. But those pods existed, but they were still being led in, in a way that they could say, well, that's our leader. Mm-hmm. We know what the, where the buck stops. We know where to go and get resources. We know where yeah. to go and get you know, talent requisitions fulfilled. Right. And we know where the, where the vision lives. And I mm-hmm. think that's somewhat closer to a better solution yeah. where you do need yeah. somebody or something to say, this is where we're headed. These are the principles and values we live by. And these are how yeah. they're enforced. These are where the resources are, money, right. et cetera. This is how to get talent, et cetera. Yep. And, and here's the person who you go to. Like, I need that credit card. I right. need that form signed. I need that. Well, like, that's where that lives. Yeah. But the creative work happens in a much more autonomous way. And so what yeah. you're, you're doing then, instead of having what I think was the story you were saying is like these like little companies, yeah, you have little creative groups, but right. they're not responsible for operations. Right. They're not responsible right. for, yes. you know, all the bigger picture stuff or the, the stuff that happens horizontally across an organization yeah so that's where that hybrid starts to make sense depending on the organization but yep. one last point on this is that when you're very small like you said when you're a pizza-sized organization and everybody can just sit around the table and yep. order one big pizza and you're done mm-hmm. you also wearing multiple hats so if you're the president of yes of, yes of happy cog and yes. there's 10 At people that size yeah you're probably wearing three or four hats yep. a day yep and that's okay because that's the size of the company and that's what you've agreed to. You've just right. you've taken on that and you've said, this is what I'm going to do. Yep. Then you get slightly bigger. You're still wearing hats, but the perfect adjustment to specialization hasn't happened yet. And yep. that's when it gets super messy is, yeah. well, who does this stuff? Yeah. Is it really my responsibility? Yeah. And then, of course, it gets clarified again when you say, well, this person's yep. a designer and this person's an engineer and this person's yeah. a logistics person. like. These are all the very specific roles, but that that in between stage can be very very hard to yes. navigate because 100%. you're like, well, all the skills I have is as a generalist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to be a specialist, but I can't be either right now. Right, right, hundred percent. That's well, you you know, we've you've heard this, I'm sure, a million times, just in all the owners you know and and the entrepreneurs you know, and this came up several times through many owner camps. The whole like the different concept of the different breakpoints of agencies, right? There was, I remember Kelly Goto talking about this early, early in owner camp, talking about like two, then four, then eight, then 16, then 32. I remember Jeff Robbins talking about it more. I feel like his was more of like an exponential thing. The math was slightly different, but the, but the numbers still wound up being kind of like, you know, four and then 12. And then, right. and, and the truth is like, there are these moments of clarity 
where you reach a certain size where certain things make a lot of sense. And then the desert is the spaces in between and you die in the desert in between like that. Yeah. That to me is like the real challenge is like I, I use it. I, I comes up a lot when we talk, when I talk to people about hiring a biz dev person, you know, it's like, well, when do we hire like a, a biz dev person? Cause there's so much like it's an expense and it's a this, and when do we need it? And, and the truth is like, you really need like 10% of a biz dev person and then 15% of a biz dev person and 20%. Like you need it all the way along in, in increasing percentages until you become an 18 person company. Then you need a full-time like hired biz dev BD kind yeah. of team member. Right. But like the, the space between zero BD people and one BD person, the desert in between there, between like a eight person organization and an 18 person organization, like that is a, that is a tough stretch for a company to survive because you're just, you're not optimal in the space in between. Like you're just not, you're not, it's not as clean and as clear. It, it's much yeah. more muddy in the gaps in between. So this might be counterintuitive to people that are listening to this, but there's, so, so let's talk specifically about agencies or service companies mm -hmm. or client service organizations. It's been my experience and I, I still believe this to be true that I would rather have in the early, early stages of the organization yeah. a bias towards business development slash marketing. Yeah. Because what I want to do is create a situation where I've got way, 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 way yeah. more business yeah. than I've got people. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I think that what client services or agency businesses do is they look at their friends across the aisle that are venture backed and they say, Wow, look at these guys. They're scaling up. These guys yeah. are like preparing for growth. Right, right. And they've got 20 wrecks out for designers. And we're up right. against those guys. And we better compete yeah. against them. So we better hire those people before they do. Yeah, yeah. And we better get the right people in place. Because what happens if we land that big deal that we're working on? Yeah. So I'll, I'll save you the anxiety of waiting to find out. It's not going to happen. <laughs> right. That's not a problem. You're not going to worry about that big deal the way you think you are, and if yeah. you do, that's a great problem to have. Yeah. Then there will be no problem in hiring people. Yeah. And you can just build that in. You can just say, because what we used to do is say, well, we think we can close this really big deal, but we're not sure. We're not going to go and hire the people before we get it. What yeah. we're going to do is panic. That's actually right. a reasonable response. To yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. We're going to land. We, right. We just, we just heard, hey, you got this million dollar deal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great. Yeah. And then we just run around like mad chickens. Right. Trying to find yes. the best people that we have. Now, yeah. to be fair, I, I do a really good job of keeping my network alive. Fair right? enough. So, so that's not as terrifying for you. Yeah, I'm not hiring right. people, but yeah, 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 I'm yeah. speaking to people. I yeah. know where the talent is. I know yes. who's willing to right. jump ship from another company they're at. I know. You speak who, in my like, language. Yeah, I know who's a good 1099 freelancer who will be willing to come have, on. I always had like a zero dark 30 org chart that was like yep. the people I'm the people I'm keeping tabs on. I, I always had like that in mind, if nothing else, for sure. Yeah. And then we yeah. and then we went one step further. We created an apprenticeship pro, apprenticeship program. And that's more yes, and that's yeah. much more. So then we had five yeah. employees. Yeah. Who are apprenticing right. and about fifty percent of their time is on client work, and the right. rest of the time they're being apprentices. But at any one time, because it's a 15, 15 week program, yeah. it either expires and we don't need those people right. or it, yeah. it's real and we need to hire those and people. And they're right here at hand. 
you guys can't leave just yet. Yeah. We've got a project yeah. and you guys need to go 100% yeah. on it. So yeah. I highly recommend it. We know that that apprenticeship program became the blueprint for IBM, mm. it became the blueprint for, for Amazon. Like mm. a lot of people use that blueprint. Yeah. You know, we, we cobbled it together from various sources and mm. then we published it as an open source thing and it just became mm. like this thing that a lot of no people would, would, you know, oh, look, there it is. There's the, the format. There's mm. the way that we did it. Um, but, but the point being is that from a business development point of view, you're when you're a client services company, when you're an agency, you're an airline. You're booking yeah. seats right. that are never going to be filled. Right. 100%. And booking seats, I mean, like you're closing deals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the reason why you need to do that is it doesn't matter how good you are, how good your PM is are. Even Something's if you close happen. the deal, like doesn't I've matter. had a deal signed. Absolutely. But then the check doesn't arrive. I've had well, deals I've signed. I've had deals signed and reservations payments paid. And then they canceled the event that MTV was going to have. And that project went away. Like, yep. and we want our money back. And, and I've had deals at the finish line negotiating the contract. And it was all signed, sealed, and delivered. And it fell through. And I've had like... There, it's just there's too much uncertainty. So I think I agree. You have to like overbook, super saturate. You need a little bit more than you think you can handle because like you get to decide what flavor of stress you want to deal with. Yeah. Like you want to deal with the stress of I don't have enough work and I can't find work and we're too you know precious about or paying payroll. Yeah. Or do you want to deal with like we don't have quite enough people because like especially now. There's so many options to to collaborate with other teams, to bring people like it's so much easier now even to kind of like make yeah. that work on the back end than to try to like fabricate leads on the front end. When I when people ask me, when do most agencies hire their first biz dev person? I'm like, I have good news. Every agency hires their first biz dev person at exactly the same point. Twelve months too late. That's when everybody <laughs> sign hires their first biz dev person is a year too late. So like just don't be that yeah. team. Like to your yeah. point, like it, it, we, it is, it's not anybody's fault. It's an industry that was, that cut its teeth on inbound leads and a really out of like whack supply and demand kind of curve where like a lot of these teams just, especially the teams that have been around for 15 years, grew up in too much abundance and didn't value leads enough and didn't value the biz dev that goes into that enough because it was just like, you know, they just didn't learn those lessons. And, and to run a small business, any B2B small business, like the, the amount that a non-digital business would index into sales versus a agency, it's shocking, like how less invested in sales a, a web team would yeah. be or a dev team would be. I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, if you've got four people, in your mm. company, one of them has to be a full-time salesperson. Mm. I mean, when you look at a traditional, like 80-year, 90-year full-service advertising agency, that math totally, like the when you, when you take that company and you shake everybody out of it and divide them, like practitioners, designers, strategists, whatever, and then what you would consider like BD people, account people, salespeople, yeah. it's like 50-50. Yeah. You know, it, in a 60-person company, yeah, 30 that's how I grew up. Yeah, I mean, yeah. my first job was at Ogilvy, and um, there, there was a there was a like you said an equal split between creatives and suits. Right. There were there were the creatives and there were the suits, 
and they were hard at work making that work happen. Because if yep. you were to be an agency of record, exactly, that's a full time job. It's, it's a full time job. You have. Job. Right. You have like absorbed their entire marketing plan and strategy and vision and everything. And you are like, you are a critical, you're like their left lung. Like you yeah. are a critical part of this thing. And as a result, like phalanxes of people like strategizing and planning and prepping and all of that. And I think like, it, it, I don't think that digital agencies need to be quite that far, but I think what you're proposing one in four is like, a more suitable step in between. Yeah, I'm not right? sure. Like, I'm not sure it's like one in four, two yeah. in eight. I don't think it's linear, but I, I think agree. What, I think what it is is you've got to. This is. I mean, I'll just make it really simple. You have yeah. to sell the seats you don't have. You are an airline, right? right. And you are front loading your business development. Yeah. And you want to sell more business than you can possibly deal with. Hundred percent. I know that doesn't feel good at the time because you're like, yeah. shit. Are we going to let these people down? Are we going to be working through the nights? Probably not. Right. There are the odd situations when like everything closes at the same time. Right. It happens. But no. it's so unusual yeah, that 100%. you can't build your business around it. No, what no, you no. want to build your business around is that the 80 to 85, 90% of the time that things are going to be 100%. so out of your control. Yep. And you're just going to be hoping that every yeah. single Thing, you know that you've got more work than you need yep and then those like small outliers i know they the, those are the outliers that people want to talk about because when you have an owner camp type meeting then somebody comes along and says well we were kind of screwed because we closed you know xyz company and abc company at the same time and then we didn't know yep. what to do okay great so now what you've done is you've infected 40 other owners with this idea that yeah they're, they're going to be in the same situation and the yeah. reality is it doesn't happen. It just no. doesn't happen that often. No, no. There, there was, I, I was at an, I was at Scottsdale or one of the owner camps, and in that weekend, closed a deal I've been working on with Papa John's for two months, and closed a deal with Google that I've been working on for two weeks, all in the same weekend. Way more work than we could handle, and ultimately, like the Google work kind of fizzled out. So, like, there was a lot of hand wringing. There was a lot of like, like, this is too much. What are we going to do? Blah 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 blah. Yeah. And the truth is, like, we were, you know, it, it didn't wind up being a problem we had to deal with because the Google work did not materialize the way that it was intended. So, like, I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. All right. And on that note, we're at we're at our time. We're gonna we're yeah. gonna try to keep these things a nice tight forty five. No, I like so it. That people I like can, it. Yeah, no, we, yeah. we covered a lot of ground today. All right, but we're gonna miss next week. So you'll be missed because uh, you're gonna so be we're weekend. Not gonna miss Monday. Oh, we're not going to miss Monday. You're right. We're only going to miss Wednesday. Yeah. Right. We're Sorry. only going to miss yep. Wednesday because I'm okay. going to be you know, flying south. Lovely. Like all the other birds. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, cool. And we'll do this again on Monday. Cool. Thanks, mate. All right. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye.